it's to recalibrate. Yeah, I don't know what it is right before we start the pod that I always have to yawn. People I, are gonna think you reposted this the same pod because you led you said that word for word last pod. Was that what I said last time? Mm-hmm. It sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to take a second to apologize. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. I have a very soft voice compared to Merlin, and so I'm now holding the microphone about an inch away from my mouth instead of clipping the microphone to my shirt. So hopefully this is better. This has been eating her up all week. We never listened back to the podcast. Like it's normally one take and done. And then she went on a car ride and was curious, listened to it, and then realized that she was not being picked up. Oh yeah, I was I was mad because um it's not fair for you guys. You're probably like trying to turn your fucking volume up all the way and you can't hear me. And then so, I come swooping in. Yeah, and then you're just fucking <laughs> megaphone voice. Yeah. Which is yeah. I project. Mm-hmm. You do. What was I about to say too? It it's uh you know what? Never mind. I don't remember. <laughs> That's the lovely thing about doing a podcast so late every single time. We yeah. The great part is that we always plan this out where we're like, okay, we'll do it early. And then the days happen. And then it's like, damn, it's, it's Tuesday night. And I've already made a lot of promises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were originally supposed to do one last night, but. Right. You called it. You called it quits. Yeah. I was doing yeah. DMT. <laughs> yeah that's what it turned into it is which is an amazing psychedelic absolutely expands your creativity um and it's really beautiful i think it's beautiful so anyways that's all my thoughts on dmt <laughs> yeah i would i would say it's it's definitely um definitely an experience yeah i would say that more positive than negative out of it and it just allows you to think deeper which i think are is kind of why your writing becomes so deep as well yeah i don't know i'm not your brain so i don't know no you're not um you know what i was gonna say too about your your mic thing now that i remember is that they probably come to have expected this kind of quality from us anyways. That's true. Because yeah. half our podcasts aren't even actually recorded on mics. It's just <laughs> we thought we were talking in the microphones. The microphones weren't even turned on. And in the back of the room, that audio catcher like picks it up. Yeah. Which is bad. Yeah. I think we're old. Yeah. Or we're just we're old really shitty at technology. We're slow. Yeah. Well, at least I know green means on. So, and then I was telling them on Sunday we played about six hours of chess. We played a lot of chess. Yeah, we did on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then you got me into a double check. Into oh, a double yeah. check. You were mad. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Not that. that you were mad, but you were like, "No, you were on white," and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, babe, I was on." I brown. can't believe your rook check. Yeah, double checked me. That's yeah. So gay. <laughs> Just. <laughs> It sucks. I really sucks. You immediately sucks. were like, "Well, because I was one move away from checkmate." Yeah. And then you check, and then you double checked me. Mm-hmm. So I had no, yeah, nothing. Yeah. You had nothing to do. You immediately wanted to play another round, and I don't think we actually played another no. round that day because we were sitting. No, we the, didn't. I know. Sitting in the sun at the park yeah. bench, just playing chess like old geezers do. Well, it was fun. Yeah, it, it was, was warm out. It was fun because I won. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. We'll play again this weekend. See how it goes. Oh, I thought we were playing again after this. Well, we can't play again after this. Yeah. And then uh, finally settle the score because I won the first one and then you won. And then, yeah. Can I just have the one win because you always win? Sure. Okay. 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 The really competitive person in me comes out. Yeah. All right. So back on track. 
what the hell was up with the stocks this week so far? Like, it's gone up, right? Right. Which is fine. But originally, it, it was looking like it was going to go down. Well, it was dipping. I mean, it was yeah. like Thursday, Friday did pull back mm-hmm. into 438. And then um, Monday... It rotated back up and uh shoot was it today's tuesday right yeah mm-hmm. so tuesday then i think gosh i hate i hate recapping day to day because all the trades become such a blur after a certain point yeah um yeah so so then there was a flying die off the open hit now go line rotated back up into the ceiling and then just kind of hung there. Mm-hmm. And then in the final part of the day, um, so tomorrow's CPI, okay. which is a reading of inflation. It's not actually as important to the market as PC, another reading on the market on inflation, PCE, which is Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but CPI is a little bit easier to understand from a general perspective. Yeah. So, um, uh, PCE stands for Personal Consumer Expenditures. CPI stands for Consumer Price Index. So it's just sort of measuring the same thing, but in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. And they occasionally like shuffle how they do the math around on it. Sometimes people like to claim that that's for political purposes. Other times people are like, I don't know, like how do you even come up with a calculation for a dollar? There's, you know, mm-hmm. there's some literal hard numbers in a dollar's calculate in like the Dixie's calculation. How do you account for that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. My answer to that is you're right. It's all bullshit and it's all <laughs> made up. <laughs> it's all made up. It's all made up to to fit whatever sort of seems to work and be the most fluid. That uh, creates the most liquidity in the economy. That's what we're trying to achieve is maximum liquidity and easy passage and flow of goods and services. Yep. So that's the whole point. And I gave the metaphor on Traders Retreat Twitter spaces. By the way, doing a Twitter space on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. with Trader. And then after that, a podcast is coming right out again on Thursday. We committed to a Thursday <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. So going to do both those. And uh, Trader has a whole bunch of cool topics that uh, he wants us to cover. So, yeah. I haven't shown him you yet because literally he was texting me about it right before uh, this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had a chance to yet. I was too busy arguing over whether coupons expire or not. So Coupons do expire. And they don't. But. And they don't. And they don't. So that's the end of that conversation. All right. Yeah. (laughs) You got it, Merlin. So anyways, to get back to that. So CPI is tomorrow. There's two readings on CPI, CPI and CPI core, or like core CPI inflation. Core is like more illiquid readings, which typically holds housing and autos. And... As Gwen and I were talking about the other day, how Airbnb's um, supply of houses will potentially hit the market in in the late fall. Um, I'm not expecting a heavy drop in core inflation, but it is possible that things are going to eventually get jammed loose. And then um, it is also possible that we could see a resurgence of inflation in the late fall, but I am sort of doubting that because one of the great uh, it always pisses me off to say like deacceleration because in physics there's no such thing as deaccelerating. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. Are you just saying yes? Um, no, it's just been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so in physics, there's only such thing as acceleration, and then like eventually a force comes to rest. Right. So yeah. there's no such thing as deacceleration. You're just accelerating less than you were. Right. 
you're not excel you're not accelerating in inverse right yeah so um i'll just say the excel there people are looking for deacceleration of inflation um other people are looking for acceleration inflation and a lot of people don't know what the fuck they're talking about in general which is i, I mean it doesn't really matter to me because i know what the fuck i'm talking about yeah so um it, you know what i mean but it, it, it's interesting to see both sides talking about what their theory is because what's really happening is um so there's a theory called modern monetary theory. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this before, have I? Sounds familiar. I don't know, we talk a lot. It's a it's it used to be a fringe economic theory and mm-hmm. then it gained popularity in the early 2000s. Basically what it states is that the level of debt or the level of inflation that you take on, it really has no meaning as long as you can pay off your basic um as long as you can pay off the basic inflation or interest on each payment of debt, uh, debt becomes completely irrelevant. You never have to fully pay it back. Yeah. So as long as you pay off whatever whatever interest there is each time and you can manage that, you're fine. So the U.S. government took that on. That's why like our debt has completely ballooned into the trillion like trillions of dollars. Like mm-hmm. that's why you never hear politicians griping anymore about oh my god the debt ceiling i mean like you sort of do sometimes but not in the way that you heard it back in 2009 yeah because the game changed and when the game changed basically then like the rules changed right and the incentives changed for everything and basically what they're trying to do is keep the economy in perfect flow where there's the right amount of liquidity like cash flowing through the economy all the time so that like um you know the economy doesn't overaccelerate so that too so that the dollar de, like devalues and you can't afford anything and then it like causes inefficiencies in the economy mm-hmm. or there's too little dollars in the economy so again like it over overvalues and then like you know not enough people can keep paying for goods and services yeah so um the whole goal is to like keep it just in that right balance essentially and that's the fed's job in a way so is the treasury i mean like they all kind of work together right in a certain way so So, they just have to keep it like at a a median kind of yeah like a median basically and so what i was trying to get at was that like while the fed's doing modern monetary theory um one of the ways that like you recollect dollars back so yeah the economy's deflating right Supposedly. I mean, we, we have to look at core inflation tomorrow. I don't know how realistic it's really going to deflate tomorrow. A lot of people are saying it's dropping and that it's because demand's dropping. If demand's dropping, that means that, yeah, a lot of dollars are getting recollected. The way you do that is either through taxes, through student loan payments, through uh, locking them up into illiquid assets, such as like housing and stuff. But typically, like housing eventually pops because right like so there's macroeconomics and there's microeconomics yeah so macro right it's like the whole world micro is like an individual consumer household right mm-hmm. so when the individual consumer household can't keep up with its interest payments on things right they stop making discretionary purchases mm-hmm. so they stop buying cars their cars get repoed things like that in theory their cash balances should reset as long as they keep their job or whatever their cash flow stream, like, you know, stream is. Their income. Right? Yeah. Like, if their extra purchases that they can't afford get taken away, right, your balance sheet eventually gets gets reset. Um, like null almost? Null, yeah. 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 Um, and eventually you'll pay it off, right? Yeah. Or you declare bankruptcy and then, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so... The demand lowering in different areas, such as illiquid asset areas, means that like consumers aren't able to keep up with the level of purchasing that they, they've had, so their buying power is going down. Which means, in theory, consumer household balance sheets should be pretty like weakening by now. Like we're starting to see tangible effects on it. So, I'm sorry, this is really complicated, but I'm trying to like 
thread a needle essentially yeah here about why you know thinking that the economy is going to deflate is correct and is in you know like thinking that as correct is incorrect and why thinking the economy will re-inflate is also incorrect yeah um so it if you're thinking that the economy is deflating right now right like you're sort of right it's really demand is dropping because of the level of, of inflation that they're that we're facing mm-hmm. right so what i'm getting at essentially is a nuance that just because something is deflating doesn't mean that the full inflation is out of our system right right so i think i've given you this metaphor before where if uh the economy is representative of a of a hundred right mm-hmm. and then there is 10 percent inflation and it goes to 110 mm-hmm. right and then the next year there's another 10 percent inflation yep right so what i don't know like was that 15 or is that 12 i don't know anyways so then you're at like 122 120 mm-hmm. whatever right um and then the next year it's at like one percent right and whatever that number gets to, right, 124, uh, then then you're still not back to where you were. The economy is still inflated. Like, you're not back at 100. You're still at 124. The inflation just slowed down. Right. You're still in a way weaker position than you were. You're a lot more poor than you were, than you were when it started. The only way that it works is if the Fed falls all the way through and deflates the economy further, right? You have mm-hmm. to have negative inflation actually happen, right? Yeah. So it's a misnomer or like a, a false claim or a false thought to think that because inflation has gone down, inflation is no longer in the economy, right? So the economy hasn't really deflated yet. It's still overinflated. And to think then that the economy is going to reinflate too, right? Well, the Fed's been pretty clear. They're going to state that they're going to keep rates high. So, I mean, yeah, like there could be disruption in supply chains, such as like if China rolls out stimulus and it inflates the economy and then their prices inflate, forcing U.S. prices to inflate. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, it might go it might go up a little bit more, but it's not going to keep inflating at the same rate that like doomsday people are saying it is. It's relatively under control at this point. The only really shitty thing is we're stuck at 124, not fucking 100 anymore. Yeah. You know? So a lot of people have lost a ton of money. It's compounded how much poorer they are year over year and month over month. Yeah. And um, it's like cooking it. It's like boiling a frog slowly. You don't really realize it's happening until um, the heat's very high and you're out of money and your car, you wake up and uh, well, who's that TikTok guy? The repo man is uh, a... <laughs> is doing his dancey dance on your fucking car. Yep. You know? So, uh, yeah. Bo Reaper. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so that makes sense? Sort of why? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you're just saying, like, a couple of years ago we were at 100, but now we've kind of ballooned up until 124 and, like, Real realistically, it slowed down a little bit because of like all the funds that were pushed into the economy. But we're still stuck at one twenty four. We're not going to go back down to one hundred unless if the feds like make it drop. Basically, yeah, they got to basically plummet the economy. Yeah. So, um. And then if a recession happens, that's a very quick way to deflate the economy because cash pretty much stops, right? Because businesses yeah. stop working and, um, you know, people stop working. Mm-hmm. And that's a really shitty thought. And it's not like a, it's not a desirable outcome out of any of this. Like, uh, I hope it can be avoided at all costs. I hope there's no recession. I hope uh, families don't, you know, lose, lose their sources of income. 2008 again yeah like we don't we don't want that you know there's there's no need for that at the end of the day everyone should be rooting for the economy to be successful and for us to like continue up you know yeah 
And whether that's realistic or, or pragmatic or not, I think it's still a good idealistic thought to have because if you strive for the perfection of something and you fall short, you're still going to be much closer to perfection than than if you didn't strive for it. If you didn't even start, yeah. Yeah. So I know that you were talking about the Airbnb. Um, so that's a micro. Macro. Macro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I remember we were talking about it the other day, driving somewhere, I don't remember. Um, you said uh, essentially like everyone, not everyone, but a lot of Airbnbs are actually having to foreclose because no one can really afford to to pay them because no one's traveling because no one can afford anything yeah the foreclosures haven't happened yet but Mm -hmm. they're going to soon yeah because you can't so on average nationwide airbnb suffered a a drop in revenue by 34 percent and in some states it's been as high like in some states such as tennessee it's been as high as 50 percent so obviously if 50% of all Airbnb houses aren't receiving any cash flow right into them. There's no way that landlords can afford their mortgages. Yeah. And like, just think about it. Like if any of those mortgages were adjustable rate, they're fucked. Like the rates are going higher. They're getting, they're getting cooked right now. They can't afford anything. They probably can't keep up. It's all going to get foreclosed for sure. Right. But then, yeah. So then, the heavy stream of houses is just going to like pour into the market right now. You know, not, sorry, not right now, but sorry. Sorry. I just, I totally nicked you. Didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. My bad. It's okay. You're right. I'm okay. Okay. So the, the additional stream of houses are going to flood into the market and that's going to be, I think, it's already, it's more than, I think it's like 1.25 times all current listings, available listings on the market, if not more. It might be more than that. It might even be up to two times that. So say there's 400,000, there's 800,000 Airbnb houses ready to enter the market and they'll probably enter it in October. Start entering it in October because, I mean, let's just let's just do like a basic thought experiment here mm-hmm. right so foreclosing is like a very long and lengthy process yeah and for a bank auction to occur right then you know uh it you know it takes time there's a lot of like legal steps right in it especially because you know if people lived in the house they still get chances to reclaim the house right and in those kinds of stuff before it even goes on auction and all that stuff right so um one if if all these houses are starting to get foreclosed today, right? There's still a lot of remediation that has to occur. There's still a lot of like legal processing, a lot of paperwork on top of that, right? Like there has to be appraisals on the house um, from the banks and stuff to figure out exactly where they can, where they can sell at and all that stuff. Right. So um, you're going to start seeing like, it might take up to three months. I'm just, I'm saying just as an optimistic outlook, right? When, when would all these houses start? start looking like starting to hit three months. That's probably around October, right? August, September, October. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So October would be about the time frame for it, which sucks because it's going into winter. So yep. then you're, you're entering a seasonal, uh, a seasonal market and all these houses are stuck, which will drive their prices down even further. Yep. Banks are then under the cooker because they can't they can't pawn these fuckers off, right? Right. So banks are all of a sudden now stuck with huge illiquid assets that they can't they they have to hold the cash for. They weren't getting fucking paid on before already. They were already bleeding, right? Um, they are under high stress. So now you have the chance of not only the housing market blowing up, but some bank is going to go. In the same way that like Lehman went, right? Yeah. Where where they just they took it on the chin. Mm-hmm. Somebody wanted their money. Capital capital starts going. Hey, where's my liquidity? Where's my liquidity? Why can't I Why can't I pull money out of out of my investment from you guys? Yep. And the banks are are in trouble. 
And then, you know, it's just, it's 2008, right? All of a sudden you, you wake up one morning, you turn on CNBC and you see like this huge red line and the market's in turmoil and whatever, blah, 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 right? And the Dow's down, you know, hundreds of points. <laughs> what a picture. <laughs> what a picture. What a picture you just painted. And in the, in the top right corner, there's a man in a wizard robe with two thumbs up going and and in it uh the whiz was right. The whiz was right. <laughs> yeah. Told you back in July. Told you back in July this would happen. Yep. None of you listened. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's the I that's mean, the picture that I've I've had in my head since May. Yeah. But I can't talk like part of it the part of the problem is is like if I start talking about it now, it's like, well it's not actionable for three more months. So, you know, what's the point? Yeah. It also will mess up your bias. Like, yeah, you won't play the, you won't play the current market correctly. Yeah. But it's a hard thought to keep in your head because if you know it's around the corner and you don't want to get nailed by the truck and it makes you skittish in a way. It's almost playing chicken. Yeah. You're playing chicken. You're very close to the finish line. You're like, you're like it could be any day now and my calcs could be wrong. And, you know, some I could wake up the next morning and, and be screwed. And that's why it's important to de-risk. You know, you just you need to be able to sleep at night. It's not worth it. Yeah, I, um, I know that we were talking about even, like, just back to the Airbnbs, just because I thought it was interesting. We only briefly talked about it, but... Um, because I know that we said we wanted to keep it for the podcast. Um, so you're saying, like, obviously people would have to foreclose on their Airbnbs. And then, I mean, potentially then all those real, I'm just thinking of, like, the nice ones that you see, you know, on the internet. They would have to be sold probably, like, fully furnished and, like. Right. And, yeah, it would, yeah. I mean, that would that would be so sad. I couldn't imagine. It'd be a huge blow to the economy. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't even imagine what's going to happen to the Airbnb stock whenever yeah. it hits. Yeah. I mean, whenever that, that thing goes, it's they're sitting on a time bomb. Yeah. I was going to say it's essentially like just waiting for it to blow up. Right. There's not really a, a magic button or a, a wire you can cut to defuse it. Yeah. The thing, though, too, happening. is like you don't want to enter a short on Airbnb mm -hmm. right now. But if you can time it just right, you'll you'll be you'll be a multimillionaire. Yeah, yeah, easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you got to get the timing just right. <laughs> it's a very small window. October. October. <laughs> yeah. Cough, cough. I mean, the, the problem is, is that you got to look for the right signs too, and you got to look for liquidity to change, and it's not just. Like just because my head has drawn out a scenario that says it's October, right? And October makes sense, and right, we're fo we're following that along. Um, it also aligns pretty well with uh, Q3 earnings reports, so that's that's another big reason for it too. So a lot of companies will be reporting on the damages they're taking. At that yeah. point, you should the banks are going to probably report pretty well what kind of mortgage losses they're taking and sustaining. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, we have QuantumScape we can talk about. Yeah. The one that I wrote about mm -hmm. recently. Did you get a chance to? Because you've been busy this week. I haven't. No, I've tried to like catch up on your reflections just because they always speak to me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read me, today's like, reflections? Um, no, I didn't. I was. Oh yeah. I was busy, busy today. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, it's about gardening. Meetings and. Oh wait, it was to yesterday about gardening. I don't remember. Either, either which way. What you looking right now? Yeah, of course. Oh, I see. Today, today was about gardening. Yeah. I've written four posts in the last two days. That's crazy. I don't know how you have the time. I don't know either. I, just, I always say that. I know I always say that. And I, I write like a fucking madman. But yeah, you 
you have like one cup of coffee and you're like off. Yep. I, <laughs> so I, can... I just hit it. Yeah. Hit it. Hit it. Yeah. <laughs> It it helps me a lot to work through my ideas, writing that stuff out. You know, mm-hmm. it's stuff I it's stuff that we do already, anyways. And um, it would it, you know it's like it's just something that I would have to get knocked out either which way. So might as well just share it out there for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so quantum scapes are really interesting because. They have a solid state uh, lithium ion battery, and they have about 73 patents that they've come out with. But over the, or two weeks ago, they released a new investor presentation, like perfect timing, 6 2023 They put out a long investor uh, thing that says that they can now charge, uh, charge electric vehicle batteries in under 15 minutes. What? So a supercharger takes somewhere around 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And obviously like gas, like when we're filling up gas, right? Probably, you know, you're probably there for about 10 minutes. That's terrifying. I can just imagine it blowing up, but that's the pyromaniac in me. Sorry. What, the Continue. lithium ion? Just like, just like a battery exploding because it charges that quick. I don't know. No. What? <laughs> it freaks me out. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Continue. So they are partnered with Volkswagen, which is the largest car maker, car yeah. manufacturer in the world. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're just part, like, it's not just them. I think they also have Porsche, which actually might also be owned by Volkswagen, Bentley, um, a whole bunch of car companies. So about half the world and over half of the world, like two thirds of the world of car companies are going to end up using QuantumScape's battery for their electric vehicles. Wow. I just it's a question of when, not if. So they're starting their manufacturing process this year because they finally finished patenting their devices, right? And um now they're now they know how to like now that it's patented, they're making now the custom fabrication for so they can create a replicative process for the manufacturing. So then they'll start just rolling out these batteries. So the really like amazing thing that I love about quantum scape is uh they don't have to have the winning electric vehicle they're in every electric vehicle right they're in the first place electric vehicle they they're in are. the second place electric they vehicle. Are the electric vehicle right it's yeah. it's absolutely amazing like they've they've figured out a way to essentially the most expensive and most difficult part and the highest margin part of the electric vehicle they're going to make the most money off of mm-hmm. and they hold the patents for it no one else can be able to do it right um it's it's like absolutely like incredible so them. that's another i know you said not not if but when so you got to catch it so you got to catch it so it's already started taking off because i mean the investor presentation was two weeks ago yeah. so whales have been reading this and they've been they've been positioning Mm-hmm. into it because it's it's the real deal now i mean and they're still sitting on a ton of cash flow they have 1.1 billion dollars in cash flow in in free cash that they that are, they're just sitting on that they'll put into the manufacturing process more it's more than rivian rivian's market cap is 24 billion dollars quantumscape is currently at 4.3 billion the the uh ev market is going to be 800 billion by what I, I forget when, like 2027 or something like that. It's like, so in about four years. Yeah. So one of the absolutely, I mean, it's just if if they capture 30% of that, right, then you the stock's already incredibly undervalued. Yeah. In pre, in the present moment. Right. Right. There's just it's really hard for them to fuck this up at this point. You know, everything's going to plan. It all looks great. They're, they've got so much of a war chest underneath them. Um, they should be steamrolling. So that's crazy. Looking for over the next couple months for it to move to 20 to $22. Yeah. That's where the algos started to identify mm-hmm. um, its move. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, hopefully we get another good run out of it. 
And even if it goes slower, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's a it's a 10-year time frame on it. Um, patience. It, patience pays for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually, um, while you're sitting here talking, I was reading your your reflection today. I like the part where you said, um, but if we are patient, we're, we will also appreciate the small things along the way, such as the first signs of germination, the first flower, and the first fruits. It's sort of funny how these, these such small things are often the most rewarding. Like, yeah, I, I think about, obviously, I'm newer to the stocks and things and you explaining it to me. I know that <laughs> if I were to make even my first $100 off of something, I would be like jumping up and down so excited right. because it's like, a sign that you're doing something right, but also like something just small enough to like keep giving you hope, I guess. Yeah. So I think, I think even it applies to larger pieces of our lives too, Yeah. where um, we're on journeys and it oftentimes when we get to the end of a journey, right? Like when we win a championship in something or we win a trophy or, or we, we beat a game and you know, there's kind of like that, emptiness at the end that a lot of times we experience it's those little milestones along the way where we see our progress and we see our own growth but we also see the world's growth and we see the world change as we change with it right right and at the end of our journeys we realize that we're not the same people that we were when we first embarked on it just like how uh the world wasn't the same when we when we first left home right and um i think that's where the joy joy comes from is being able to grow and being on a path. And I think there's something really enjoyable in letting the journeys take the time that they're meant to, especially in like our own lives, like having patience for our own journeys, like for our own life's journey. And, and, you know, understanding that as long as like you're growing and growing at whatever pace and becoming to, in becoming you know, whatever you can become, um, that should bring you joy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I would just say, I don't like the whole, like the whole saying of like, oh, I've fallen behind because I'm, I don't know, 27 years old and don't like, I'm not, um, like a, girl's not married yet or hasn't had a baby yet and she's already like thinking well I'm losing my opportunity Mm. to so it's always like this kind of like fear I guess that we're always stuck with I guess of like we're falling behind or we're last in the race but I like how you break it down to just you know go at your own pace right as long as you're improving as long as you're growing and learning then like there's then you're fine yeah no that's totally because what's at the end of the race nothing death (laughs) death. really it's it's usually death there's no there's no no... need to hurry up yeah Mm -hmm. at the end of it all yeah so um i gwen was giving me hand signals i don't know what all that all that exactly meant Mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. I think she's making me cookies. That's where she's off to real quick. So she's running off to, uh, or no, brownies. She's get. She made me brownies. You said cookies. Cookies. <laughs> the way you said cookies. That cookies. Was funny. Cookies. Cookies. Am I saying it weird? Yeah, you say words weird sometimes. I do. Sometimes I hang on on different accents. I don't know where they come from. It's probably because you're 600 years old. Yeah, it's probably because I've lived in so many. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even speak English when I was first born. It was middle English. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know what's crazy is somebody was talking about the Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone. Yeah, the Rosetta Stone. You know what that yeah. is, right? Where it's yeah. the three different translations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they were saying that if we didn't have the Rosetta Stone, 
most likely the Egyptian hieroglyphics would be completely lost to history. Like there would have been no way for them to figure it out. You know what I was wondering about though was I was wondering if AI would eventually be able to decipher it given no context. Like, like if they were just run. given the hieroglyphics, right? Just I mean, like okay, lit, compute it. No, no context to the Rosetta Stone and how mm-hmm. to translate. Like I don't want the I don't want AI to have the the key for the translation. It can have access to all the languages in the world, right? That we know of and that are cataloged, and that's fine. But I wanted to like look at a dead language. And see if it can translate it and figure it out. I feel like it, it would be able to. You think? Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool to see. Yeah. It, here's the other thing, though, too, is we don't know if we get a false positive reading off it. So right. it would. We would never know. We, we would never know for certain unless there were like contextual clues for it. Um, because it could essentially just make it seem like really good. But if it comes out like gibberish, then, you know. But we it could get it could sound good enough, right? Where it seems to make sense. But it it might not actually like be the correct translation. Does that make sense? She walked away again. She she got ADD. She couldn't stop. And now she's doing something over in, in the kitchen. So I guess you, the listener, you're going to have to tell me whether that actually made any fucking sense or not. Because Gwen abandoned her duties in the podcast. She got bored. Sorry, master. <laughs> I was trying to get your brownies prepared. You've been working so many long hours. I wanted to give you some sweet treats. Yeah, it's okay. I'm all right. Finish the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Good step away for a second. I got to finish the pod. Okay. Yes. I'm a competitive. No, I I know. I want to do it well. I want to do it right. I want to like just, you know. You want to do it right when half the time your mic's turned off? That's so funny. Yeah. Well, half the time I don't know. I think I'm doing it right. You know? hmm Yeah. <laughs> you just don't like that I stepped away. No. <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> what else should we talk about? I don't know if there's much else to talk about outside of that. I covered, I covered inflation. I and what my thoughts were behind it, that PCE matters more, and that, you know, like, we're still up We can talk creek. about that you're, you've got over 5,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got I got 5,000 followers on Twitter. So over 5,000 Over 5,000 5, followers. 5, followers on Twitter. And um, it was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. It didn't make me any more money, but um, and you missed you missed four hundred twenty subscribers on your Substack. You didn't you didn't celebrate. You have four hundred twenty. Oh yeah, I was over four twenty. I missed it. I did miss it. Yeah. What a shame. What a shame. I'll just I'll have to celebrate sixty nine sixty nine four twenty followers. I don't know what that number is. Actually, someone will figure it out in the. Now you're tired. Yeah. Now you smell the brownies and you just want to go eat. No. Now, like, the podcast, like, kind of, like, lost momentum. And now I'm hoping it's over 45 minutes and I can can just cut it. It did not lose momentum. (laughs) What are you talking about? You're so moody I walked away. Get over yourself. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) It was good. You think you the could, pod's good? I don't know. Yes, the, this was a great pod. Okay. All of our pods are great. Well, there was one I didn't like. Yeah, I know. It's probably because you were sick. No. And you could barely keep your eyes open. I, 
I think I think that pod was okay. I think there was one after it that was like weird. It's like weird pacing. You know? How would you know you don't listen back to it? I don't know. I just felt it. Okay, so you're you're grabbing your Guess what? We are exactly on 45 minutes. Oh my god. You're crazy. How did you guess that? What the f- <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. How did you do that? How did I do it? Yeah. What do you yes. mean? Yes. You we don't have a clock near us. You don't we don't have like the device near us and you guess I hope it's at 45 minutes and it to the second it's at 45 minutes. Right. How? When I when I pulled it up and showed us. Yeah. How did I do it? I have no idea. I <laughs> I am just very good at like pattern recognition. I am good. I'm good. I'm very good at what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern recognition is insanely I am insanely good at pattern recognition in common sense. In common sense. In common sense, yeah. Yeah. And being competitive. Mm. Um, how do you think your, your voice did this podcast? Well, you I don't feel know. You told me to speak up a couple <laughs> minutes point. ago. Because so. you were like starting to whisper into it again. I wanted you to be loud. You wanted me to scream that you have 5,000 fo- over 5,000 followers. No. Honestly, like in reality, I really don't know how to feel about five thousand followers. Well, I think you should like pat yourself on the back about it, because I don't know. I would say from some of the posts that you show me on Twitter, you you really build up like other people's accounts and like help with I don't know <sighs> engagement. I don't know if that's the right word. Because I don't know mm-hmm. how Twitter works, really. Um, retweeting to make other accounts grow. Like, yeah, you're that underground account that has, like, the secret sauce. <laughs> and I know for a while you wanted to stay underground. But, um, you know, full send it, you know. Right. You got to... You got to share all of your knowledge with some people. It's time for this peacock. If you want to be written down in some history books, you got to get over yourself and grow. <laughs> okay. 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 Fair enough. All right. So we'll celebrate 5,000. Yeah. And then everyone should just retweet everything I do until I get to <laughs> 10,000. Oh, 10,000 is the next one? 10,000 is the next milestone. We're not doing like maybe seven. We're just going jump straight to 10. Well, yeah. Did I ever talk about how it's really hard exponent, like to move up the exponential scale nope. mathematically? Nope. So like to move from zero to one is significantly greater than moving from one to two. Why? Why? Because of like the level of mass isn't the right word but the the level of distance between zero and one is far greater than the distance between uh oh one and two right on the exponential scale yeah yeah but it's like a weird thought you know anyways all of our math is broken don't trust any of it (laughs) so what do we trust we actually live in a fourth dimension and we experience it in 3d we're, we're the fucking little fish in the pond that sees the ripple overhead and think there's, thinks there's food. And it's actually a fucking fisher ready to snatch you out of the water. Those are aliens. That's the abduction. That's the analogy. You got real hick on that. Fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. My ramp? Yeah. Your rants are so good. And there you go. We're fucking abducted by aliens, and that's the end. That's the end. That's my fear. That really is a big fear of mine. Like, I'm, I'm struggling with watching all these, these little, not, not probe videos, but um, 
these videos of UAPs that defy our known laws of, of physics and aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. And they can exist at mocks that don't make any sense. And the level of G's that they're undergoing, like, should literally tear their thing ships apart, apart. Ships apart. And um, they're moving in ways that I would make a drone move, you know? Like, if I was flying a drone, that's how I'd fly it. If I could fly it in any direction and I was scanning and I was taking readings on shit. Yeah. Which makes me think it's a whole bunch of drones surveying the planet to possibly prep for an arrival. And have you ever thought about that? Like, what the hell would even happen if aliens ever arrived? Well, like, they have arrived, though. Supposedly. We've talked about this. Ancient aliens may we've, have arrived. We've we've had some recently discovered, no? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they've quote-unquote arrived, but you're saying like, I'm just going to turn sci-fi movies. You're saying like a huge motherboard fucking lands. Independence and, Day level. And they just swarm our fucking continents. Yeah. That's yeah. the fear. Well, then... Baby, I hope you know how to drive a UFO. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to steal one of them. You know what I found out today is um, there's a there's a large UFO site, crash site in uh, South Korea that they, they built a building over. I'm sorry, what? And in the congressional testimonies, it's going to come out in the congressional testimonies. when They built a building over it? It was so big, they couldn't move it. The crash site. So big, they couldn't move it, so they built a building over it. It's a U.S. Army base in South Korea. I can't say where. I... What? I don't even have the words for that. That's it, insane That's how huge me. it is. It's non-human origin. It's a crash site. It's a crash site in South Korea. It's too big to move. So the UFO is stuck in the fucking earth? Yeah. Too big to move. Too big to move. So they built a building over it. (laughs) You can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Just go on Google Maps. Yeah. Look at military installations in South Korea. It's not that hard. That's crazy. What if they like are purposely land like what if they're purposely crashing into our ground? They have a weird way of like getting into our like I don't know, I'm doing like conspiracy shit, but <laughs> weird way into getting into like our soil and like middle of our planet and shit. I don't know. I just don't know why they're all such fucking bad pilots after... I don't think... I don't know. Now that you say that, it's making me think that, like, there's specific plan places that they want to land, crash. Like they Do they want to be found? Do they want to be... Well, supposedly, so there's, there's the rumor that some of the alien technology has been handed over by aliens to us as part of like a technology share program. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. And so those weren't crashed, obviously, right? We get to experiment on them, work with the stuff and, you know, do our thing on it. Right. And that's where like TR3B came from. Yeah. And then there's other shit where... Um, it it's like so old, and it got crashed into, into the planet, potentially at a, a more unstable time. In the planet. Um. So. Basically, then. What what I what I've been wondering about is I actually asked Bard this because I was I was super curious. 
was, is it possible that, you know, like the God, the ancient gods of, of, um, hold on. There's a fucking fruit fly and I've been trying to kill this thing for a week. Missed. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you looking at? I was so close. You look like a, a dog <laughs> chasing something. That's so funny. I asked Bard this. Is it possible the ancient gods of the Old Testament, which there were, there were many ancient gods in the Old Testament. In mm-hmm. fact, at one point, Yahweh had a wife, which is... And then, and then later on, he doesn't have a wife, and then he impregnates Mary. So I don't know what the hell was going on with all that, but <laughs> that's messy. That was a little messy. Any which way, um, there are multiple gods of the Old Testament. I was wondering whether that was a misinterpretation, like of early human. Like, did early humans misunderstand advanced technology and interdimensional beings? as gods because they were so far advanced and that was their only oh. way of understanding it putting it into a context of, of a way that they could understand right and to me that makes a lot of sense yeah no that does i never thought of it that way yeah what did bard tell you bard said it was highly possible highly likely that mm. that ancient humans likely misinterpreted advanced technology as gods and the, I mean, like, think about it. Like, what is ma- magic? It's unknown science, really. Yeah. Unexplained science. Mm-hmm. So if gods are like powerful, magical beings, right? It's possible that our understanding of at the time was so incomplete that we needed to find a way to rationalize it from a way that we could understand it. So we said, oh, they're gods, right? Like, they are just beings that can bend the universe with their own power and and devices that we don't understand. And it's why aliens show up in hieroglyphics and why, you know, all, all kinds of things, right? Why, uh, shoot, what's his name in the garden of Eden? He hypothesizes that it's pop. It's likely that our DNA was accelerated by, by aliens, you know? Um, I don't know. Something weird. That's interesting. It's a very never, weird mystery. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. But someone someone said that it's possible that when Elijah was carted off into heaven, so he walked the stairway to heaven, mm-hmm. so he walked up into the sky, the literal sky. Yeah. It. They were like, oh, so was he just carted off by aliens? Because that seems to make a lot of sense. Like he was Elijah the prophet was like not I don't want to say abducted by aliens but like walked up into the spaceship of aliens then flew off into the sky. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that could make sense instead of walking on a cloud staircase. I mean, whatever. If if it's just atheist rationalization, but I do think it's interesting. I think it's like something that I could understand being plausible yeah i could see it it could definitely be what happened kind of broke my brain because i've never thought about it that way really mm-hmm. i think i think it's an interesting thought it is but so apparently the pope knows all about aliens they they even released a statement two years ago that there's likely life on other planets, and that's okay. But really, that's um. That they're friendly. No, and say that they're friendly. Oh, that is just okay. That's okay. <laughs> Be okay with it. Be there's... okay with it. Make <laughs> peace with your God. Yeah. 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 Anyways. But they're not friendly. It wasn't disclosed. Some are friendly, supposedly. Some are dicks. Some are dicks. Some are really weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of all of that. You know? Yeah. 
Their cultures will be very different than ours. Their understanding of life will be extremely different than ours. We have to hope that they are compassionate and beyond violence. Like, and that we are given a, a chance, you know? That they actually come in peace? Yeah. That's our only hope at this point. Or we'll just be slaves to them. Yeah, but, you know, being a slave ain't too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. There's a joke in Futurama. The The last time an alien race invaded our planet, they made all the smartest people in the world mate nonstop. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be a gift, to be honest. You know, people under a certain IQ, you guys can't breed. People over a certain IQ, like you need to start like they Keep force you to breed. Popping them puppies out. Yeah, you gotta you gotta pop them out. And then some natural selection starts to sort of take place and we shift to a higher IQ society. That'd be nice. (laughs) Oh, my God. One can dream. Wiz for prize. Wiz for prize, baby. Wizocracy in 2024. (laughs) All right. I love you. I love you. Thank you for doing the pod. You're welcome. Okay. Old man.